it's at a completely different scale to like the technological revolutions of the past, if you take that view of it. Welcome to the 10K Collective podcast for six, seven and eight figure Amazon and e-commerce sellers, part of the amazing FBA podcast family. If you want to scale fast, target a seven figure exit and enjoy the process, then keep listening. Do you want to grow your business bigger and faster? A free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find missed golden opportunities. I generally charge $150 or more per hour, but this would be free. You could be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing a few thousand dollars a month in sales already. Just visit myamazonaudit.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T.com. Look forward to speaking to you on your audit. Ladles and jelly spoons, boys and girls, welcome back to the 10K Collective Podcast for six, seven and even some eight figure Amazon sellers I know are listening. Hello there. We are talking today about generative AI and e-commerce, particularly how to make your Amazon listing quickly, cheaply and with less you know, personal input, which is great. So we're talking to Max Sinclair of Generative AI, and that's what they do. They make Amazon listings at the moment. There's lots of other things in the pipeline, but it's a very good start. Max, welcome to the show. Good to see you. Good to see you. Thank you for having me. It's nice so, to be here. Yeah, good to see you too. And let's plunge straight into the topic. So we'll take a little bit about you in a second. But first of all, what is Generative AI when it comes to e-commerce? What are we talking about here? Sure. So I guess I can kind of start People are hearing a lot of AI recently, and AI, is, as you know, is not a new term, right? We've had it around since the 1950s, but the, the big change is this generative piece, which was first kind of academically discovered, however you want to phrase that, in, in 2014 and really came uh, to be commercialized at the back end of last year. And the big difference between generative AI and deterministic AI is that deterministic AI if you produce stuff as data classifications and regressions and these kind of things, you know, what being cancer cells out of, you know, thousands of cells based, based on, you know, simple pattern recognition. And generative AI is really a, a new technology where you can trade an AI model on some, you know, historical content, and then you can use the AI model to, to create new content, which is, you know, similar in some ways to the original, but actually completely new and different. So you've kind of had this massive shift from AI being able to look at huge amounts of numbers and data and kind of pretty accurately get the answer from averaging or regressing that data to, to now creating entirely new stuff, new images, new text, new video, new music. And that's really what's kind of kicked off this whole uh, AI solution. Interesting. I mean, so I suppose that brings up a couple of things. One is that AI has already been out there for 20 years and people think that things are taking over. The robots took over 20 years ago and literally Amazon warehouses have robots in, but also Amazon, Google, Facebook algorithm, YouTube, you you could argue all of those are fantastic AI systems, but they somehow do robot-like things. So we don't think Mm -hmm. of them as as threatening. And I think Gen AI, uh, you know what I think's happened? I think it's simple. Journalists who, who do things like writing suddenly discovered something that writes and it's threatening and exciting at the same time. And I think that's why suddenly content creators using AI 
and uh, it's mm-hmm. become a big thing. I, I can't help thinking that that uh, Amazon was pretty damn significant. The algorithm there, for example, like, anyways, tussled with it. However, it is a big of a step change. So uh, before we plunge into the how-to stuff, I just wanted to get people's attention up front. You obviously know what you're talking about with AI. Do you have a background in AI? How did you come to be creating uh, sure. so creative AI? The honest answer is not really, but the longer answer is yet. So I went to Amazon after studying a kind of a, I joined Amazon in 2016. I didn't have like an artificial intelligence background. I did once in Amazon go on the Amazon Machine Learning University, which is a real thing where they kind of train you on like the basics of AI. And this is before generative AI came about. This is like 2018 ish. I then kind of took a role where out in Singapore where I was implementing different machine learning program to kind of launch a new Amazon Singapore. So like combining APIs picking up parent and child agents, merging duplicate, uh, backfilling refinements, all this kind of stuff, right? Which is basically the old kind of like deterministic AI where you're looking at stuff and you're pretty sure that one thing is another thing because it exists like that from the US marketplace. But you want to put in some specific rules for, for each, for each culture and marketplace. So that was my background in uh, AI. I saw my co-founder basically showed me, this is in September 22 now showed me kind of the first uh, generative AI model that was launched publicly, which I think was David Fusion, and this is before ChatGPT, and just showed me how you could type in a simple prompt and create an image. And it was slightly more rudimentary then to, what, to how far it's gone now and so quickly, but kind of immediately I saw that, that this was going to be transformative. And, you know, in, in my world and Amazon, I kind of, you know, had this view that 90% of content on marketplaces is now going to be kind of generated by AI, but you can really imagine how you can, you can generate images and text and everything, right? And optimize it and all of this stuff. So I left Amazon to do that. And that's when we found a content and it, yeah, just, it's been just shy of a year now work, working kind of on the cutting edge of it. Wow. Very cool. So you take quite a leap, but you do have a big bank, Amazon background. Did you yeah. have a, a numerical degree of some kind? I know people who do physics or maths often seem to transition into this. Uh, I studied history. So oh, wow. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I very nearly studied history myself. It gives you a sense yeah. of perspective, if nothing else, but it's so interesting to talk yeah. about history. I guess in a history degree, you'd be talking about, you know, this happened 200 years ago and life has changed now. You said, well, back in 2022, September, it was a bit rudimentary, like that was five years ago or 10 years yeah. ago. And it's moving so fast, right? So moving so fast. Yeah. Exactly. You've got to have somebody who's got their finger on the pulse. It sounds like you, you do. And so, everyone's comparing it to the printing prep, right? That's a classic comparison. I guess but so. In some ways, it's completely false because they're like years and decades of kind of printing prep to like disseminate across Europe. It's that classic thing now, like generative AI heads, everyone knows what catchy to see and it's been, you know, after about three months. Right. They had like a 5 million users after whatever it was, like a few days. Right? So it, it took at a completely different scale to like the technological revolutions of the past, if you take that view of it. Yeah, I guess that there's one view of history which says that the progress of technological dispersion, or what's the word, adoption, speeds up over time. So it yeah. accelerates because yeah. one thing compounds on another. Okay, well, I guess that we we are, as you know, if you sell on Amazon, you're used to that accelerated life. So you've got to get on the next thing. So first of all, let's talk about, before we talk about high, let's talk about why. So if you can use Gen AI on your listings, should you? Is it something that your competition is going to be doing and thus forces you to do? Or, you know, what's the pro and 
pro and uh, mm-hmm. contra arguments? So I obviously am biased for the content correct uh, Gen AI listing, so I'll state that up front, but I'll, I'll make the case for it, having said that, which is I absolutely think it is what your competitors are doing. And if you think that you're competing with Senators who may not, in China, who won't have English as a first language, that kind of, that small mode that Senators used to have of building a brand in the UK or the US or wherever and understanding the culture, that's gone now with AI, right? Like you can use an AI model such as ours, which is trained on Amazon listings, the local Amazon listings, performing ones, and it can spit out a super highly converting copy, including all of the optimized keywords. So I, I, I think one of the biggest users of tech GPT is out in China, and you can kind of see that on like the Google map. Um, absolutely your competitors are going to be using it. And I do think it's one of these things that might, if you're not using it, you're going to be paying far more for something which is just met good because you, you're not using all of that data that the, the AI has been trained on to optimize. Interesting. Okay. And you make a frightening point. I mean, it's always been very entertaining and also somewhat reassuring. You go through your listings on Amazon, you go, oh, have happy time and culturally inappropriate things like that, which sort of screams Chinese seller. So I guess we'll have yep. less happy time on Amazon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's sure. got to be a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I remember speaking to, who was it? Will Chinland, who's a high, highly, highly experienced Amazon seller. And he said, I can make myself very hated by going down the East Coast of China and just educating them how to sell on Amazon. So, I guess that, you know, AI is now doing that for them and, and you guys particularly. So let's get into yeah. how then. So we don't have, all, I'll say we don't have our, our couple of bases broadly not in China. We haven't okay. done, we don't have anything in China, like, but anyway. They'll Fine. Cool okay. So we, we, we don't send the hate mail to you then. We'll send it to chat GPT. <laughs> um, so joking apart, obviously, you know, we have to get in there and, and at least acknowledge that what other mm-hmm. people are doing. So how do we use Gen AI to structure listings? Let's take an example of a small business first. Is it even worth doing for a small business that's launched, you know, launches yeah. three or four SKUs a year, or does it only need to, is only yeah. kick in when mm-hmm. it's scale? I mean, like using our tool, you could, you, you could build your entire listing images, infographics and text for $165. That's going to cost you thousands of dollars traditionally. So it's a kind of that change in the cost and even if and like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, I, I guess if we're going to say the argument again, which is what you asked me to be fair, like AI is not perfect right now. You still definitely need a human in the loop. One of the biggest problems that's sorry to ask your previous question is the hallucination. And we've done our best e-content to limit that. Um, hallucinations where they just make stuff up, right? AI can just kind of dream up things. And a, a good example of this is my girlfriend, uh, brother is a, is a doctor and he would ask like chat GPT to, you know, for, for a medical style report, documentation, it would just make up the references, just completely dream them up. It's been trained on references, of, you know, and it sees how the structure is and it's got references to random names and it's just doing that. So that's number one issue. Yeah. Um, with AI. Um, just to flag up, by the way, a good alternative yeah. for anyone who just wants to do not Amazon specific AI is perplexity, which does actually give you the references that are accurate. So just a small reference there but yeah you're right it is a problem mm-hmm. just generally and it's a problem frankly for humans yeah. if you give somebody a very short deadline who hasn't on their science test in school at some point given the answer that you were supposed to get after your test you blew up i mean it's that that classic thing of just humans yeah. lying and ai mm-hmm. hallucinates right it doesn't come out with a very different answer yeah. so yeah how do you deal with that i presume you've got to have some really solid fact checking system so i get 
it's the question of the fine tuning and the temperature setting is, is the technical answer. So like we fine tuned, we, you know, we've, we've taken base models, we fine tuned them on Amazon listings, and then we've, we've kind of managed the temperature setting so that they're not kind of hallucinating randomly. So if you think about what AI is, it's just a random, it's a prediction model, it's not random, it's a prediction model, right? So you take in, it's basically getting the most, the next most likely word in a sentence out of all of the uh, data that's been trained on in the internet. And if you think every, if you give every word in the English language or any language a number, it's basically ranking the likelihood and giving them. And then if you turn up the temperature setting rather than doing the most, the most likely next word, it might do like something in the top 10% or 20%. And it's kind of getting a lot more varied. So it's a question of fine tuning it and then like controlling temperature setting so that you're not having that random hallucination. Okay, and is that something that you guys have set up on the back end yourself, and that, yeah. that Amazon yeah, sellers yeah. don't need to bother? So, so they just exactly use right. use your system. Okay, well, look, we better get into the how to because I mean, I do think that the should we do it is always a good question. As mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> as Jeff Goldblum's character asks in was it Jurassic Park cultured reference there? Just because we could doesn't mean we should. But assuming we are going to, how do we get on mm-hmm. with it? Do we manually do keyword research? Will your will your, will your system do the keyword research for you? Because that's obviously one of the big yeah. pains. So our, our system, like, if we talk about our system specifically, our kind of hero thing is the images and the infographics, right? And like, that's all we offer, which is unique. And we've done a lot of, in terms of the prompting, we've been doing a lot of research into like how to structure the best prompt. And I can share a pre-link after this, you know, to summarize it. The best prompt for generating, generating an image is subject. So. Whatever you put, like if you're selling this coffee mug, like coffee mug, even if you're selling or travel mug, even if you're selling like a unique brand or, you know, like micro uh, travel mug, you want to just be very generic with, with the prompt. So you just say travel mug on the scenario, the location, the like table and then description, so, like in a kitchen or with like a beautiful lady behind it or something like this. And that's kind of the structure of the prompt that we found is best subject scenario description and on our tool you it would then put your specific item into the image so like you would you would write a prompt as if it's a generic item but you'd have dropped in an image of your item and then it would gener- generate that image for you so that that's kind of the, the best practice on the prompting side okay so basically you're keeping it very simple and not getting too clever uh, yeah and but you the, the thing that makes it specific is your perfect product itself now, one thing that strikes me always about the bad photoshopping, never mind, you know, so, so I guess let's take as the sort of gold standard manual labor, expensive book best as yeah. the photo shoot where you have props that are actually in a physical location. You've got a model there, you've got the mm-hmm. proper lighting. And so the shadows make sense and the, the sort of sharpness of the foreground object versus the, the blurring mm-hmm. of the background and stuff will make some kind of visual sense. And a lot of the, the second best is probably when it's a Photoshop and it's too sharp and the foreground objects and the shadows look weird, would your system adjust for that? Is, is that make sense of these things? Exactly right. The our system basically takes a couple of products and it paints a scenario around it, like getting the next pixel with AI based on your prompt. So that will include the natural shadowing and lighting and everything else. Now, like, you know, we, you could generate I think I showed you my core demo last time. Like you can generate the images. It like takes 20 seconds to generate five images. Not all five of them will be perfect, but 
we like we got we aim for one in three of them to be of Amazon listing standard. So basically, you generate five on the tour at a time. Probably one or two of them are going to be like high quality, and it's twenty seconds, right? So you can go and experiment with the prompting and the positioning of the product and everything else until you have something that, that you're very happy with. Makes sense. And so I guess we're getting to a scenario where curation and having taste and differentiating what's yeah. the word. Uh, discrimination, which is normally seen as a very bad word in the human world, but I think discrimination can be very good, like just telling the good from the bad from the ugly. And mm-hmm. I guess that if, if you've got a system that will generate multiple images very cheaply, you know, you do again what you do at a physical photo shoot, right? You create 50 different shots and then a lot of them will be, you know, eliminated as not good enough. And then what you've yeah. got left, you can then tweak. So presumably once you've got something good, you can tweak it further. It, what, what sort of control right. can you do with that? So we have two extra things. And well, I'll firstly say, like, I think you're completely correct. And I think the most of like the sellers based in the UK and US selling into their home market is now going to be that tape. Like you say, discover that exactly what it's going to be. And it's going to be that understanding of the cultural nuances and the prompting, how to do that and the tape of what, what content you use and what you don't use. Cause you can generate thousands of different pieces of content in, in an hour right? so, like, or minute. That's really where your mode now is. On the question of what else can you do in the tool? We have two other things you can do for images specifically. You can then like, we have a clean image tab so you can go in and like erase stuff in the background and the AI would just like remove it. And then we also have an edit image tab where you can go in and like in paint, like highlight an area that you want to add something else, like a dog or a cat or a plant or whatever. And it will like then create that extra piece. So we have those, those extra kind of like fine touch up stuff in our tool. Nice. I mean, what strikes me is that the traditional way of doing this, I've gone through this a number of times. So I used to live with a professional photographer. So I remember his sort of complaints about his, his customers. He was a commercial photographer, not like weddings or whatever. And then more recently working with clients to, to work with him and then a couple of other photographers. What strikes me is that you've got to have a clear brief and your job as the entrepreneur is to write a really great brief, yeah. hire a good person and then have good taste afterwards and then go back to them and say, can you change this to that? And it strikes me that it's not a very different process, really. I mean, a lot of people think of AI as wildly changing working practices, but I would say it's the same cliche of, of computers since the 1960s, garbage in, garbage out, right? If you have no idea yeah. what you're looking for. So how can we avoid that that fate? What would you say? This is more as yeah. you know, zooming back out with your Amazon head on and sort of marketer head on. What would you say yeah. are the biggest mistakes you see people putting into the system in the first place? So I think, I think you're completely right. I think the step one is to kind of have visualized in your mind the output that you want. Like if you're going in there without un- like picturing, like again, the travel mark that you want it on like a picnic table or in a, in a, in a, on a sunny day in a, in a park, maybe with a dog in the background, right? Like you need, you need to have that vision of what you're trying to get at. If you're just going in randomly, it's garbage, garbage out, as you say, number one. Number two, something we found very interesting is don't be polite to the AI. We see it, like I see a lot of our customers and we try and educate them. They're just say, please, can you put this? Or this is my product, can you do that? Like remove all of those kind of niceties when you're talking to the machine. And like we actually have data on this and it's an 11, 11% increase in the quality of output. And we have 11 students paid who are like, Scoring all of the output and like they don't see anything else. They're just scoring the app, like the, the, how, how good quality the outputs are on a scale of one to 10. Um, and we see that if you're not light and you're directing the AI, your, your word, the, the number of words in the problem decreases. 
and then actually the output increase. So that num that that would be my other big tip. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T dot com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon. I like that. Yeah, just be direct. I, I get. I do the opposite. I sometimes get angry at ChatGPT for hallucinating, but that's just as idiotic. I mean, that's like telling a dog not to bark in English. It'll just look at you. So interesting. You just got to work with the tool as it works. And I guess that cutting the minimum number of bits of information for it to process that's relevant is is what matters, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny. There must be some. I must download it just for entertainment sort of sake that there's me saying, AI, stop lying. You just told me you were going to tell me the, exactly the facts and I've got them in front of me here and it's wrong. And it just says sorry in a generic kind of AI way. So it's a waste of time being rude as well, which is like, this shows a lot about my character, doesn't it? Your, your guys are, are being too polite. I'm being too rude, but neither works. So, okay. So we got the, the images side. Yeah. So any other thoughts on images that we haven't touched on? What are the, the critical things when you're dealing with an AI system and images? I think the last one, the last one I like to think about is that in literature of all AI, the generic comment, I think it's really important to try and think how the AI model has been trained and therefore what its capabilities are. Obviously, this is impossible. In some regard, because we don't know what's been trained on. We just like we know, but what? But we we don't know the basics, right? We know it's been trained on tech for the internet, right? And with us, like it's been trained on millions of photos of products, right? So in understanding like how that's been trained, and and you can imagine like you've got a photo and you've got a label, so like photo person in a part, whatever. You can start to think, okay, like putting stuff in the prompt, like the camera lens. Or, or the camera type is going to help to increase the output. Why? Because in the enabling of the data, like the high quality images will have those camera lenses attached. So just things like that for images, but it applies to all, like every model, like just trying to understand, like, or do you think yourself and doing five minutes of research or even after AI, you could ask Bing, like, how has this model been trained? And it will, Bing will come back with you and be like, this has been trained on this, and this, like everyone will have it somewhere. And then you can just be like, okay, I know where the data is and how it's been labeled roughly. So like this is going to hone my prompting so I'm getting something good. Okay. So I guess to put it in very simple terms, what you've alluded to there, that is that the AI will not just have a load of images, but it will have data around this is shot on um, F2.4 lens, so short depth of field, which means you've got a blurred background or or versus steam yep. lens, which means that you've got everything in sharp focus kind of thing. So you yeah. can make sort of photographic level decisions which I guess means educating yourself a bit about images or God forbid you get somebody with some visual taste to make these decisions. Because what strikes me is that, that again, that taste thing, like I, I could use your beautiful system and come out with a less good output than somebody who's got a really good eye for products. I'm, I'm not got a bad eye, I guess, having you know, reviewed my top computer, not laptop one, with thousands of products listings over the years. But 
that's not quite the same, is it? So does it matter that the person does it has visual taste? Or do you think there's some guardrails built into your system to make sure that anything looks decent? Well, we, yeah, we find, we find themed it to get better output images for e-commerce, right? And like using our tool will give you a better image app or pro e-commerce and like a generic model world because that's all we built for. But I agree, like, I think there's still so much which is dependent on the prompting and like, are you asking the right questions? Have you vis- visualized the answer that you want in your mind? And if, if you haven't, if you haven't done those and like, you won't get a good result on any, using any AI software. Okay. So you mentioned prompting. That's obviously the, the new art. What yeah. are the other hints that you should be thinking about with that, with the visuals first? So with the visuals, like I talked about the structure, which is kind of what we found subject in on scenario, location, and then descriptors, templates, lighting, that kind of stuff. That's the, that's the structure we probably works best. And then my other point is around like trying to understand how the data is being trained and labeled. I think experimentation would be the last one I'd add on. Like all of these things take experimentation. Nobody really knows what's going to work. And each product is unique and different. So having that kind of experimenting with a few times or you get the exact output you want is also important. Yeah, that makes total sense. And again, that you've, even if you're outsourcing the automation, so you've got a VA creating, you know, using e-content so you can knock out hundreds of listings if that's your wish. Yeah. And I know some of my clients have got a thousand SKUs or so. One, the most extreme I've seen is two and a half thousand SKUs of one client, but even so, they've got to be willing to experiment. So I guess you've still got to create some kind of management structure that says there's a sort of minimum level acceptable image yeah. quality. Okay, well, look, sounds very cool. So let's talk about words. So the copy, obviously also yeah. important. So what we, we skipped over, Gailey, the keyword research, which is obviously really critical, particularly mm-hmm. when it comes to the words. So do you guys deal with that? Are we still doing the manual keyword research? So we, our goal is absolutely to do this. We have... Our goal basically is to plug in the same API that we intend and everyone else was using parameters into our tool. We have gone one step, which is we find, we find in the model on, on finally converting copy. So like the, a generic lifting is better on us than it would be on chat GPT. We haven't, we haven't got the keywords big yet, but I mean, depending on when people listening, it will be a, a matter of weeks or, or months away. Great. So what used to be years in the old off, offline world. And then once we've got the keywords, so let's assume we've done some manual research there, yeah. which I think to be honest is a pretty good idea anyway, because humans need to grasp what the heck they're asking the machines to do. Otherwise we're just, it's like the sorcerer's apprentice, I think sometimes. So tell me about the words uh, and the copy. So again, we've got to prompt and then what you will just generate everything, title bullets, so, uh, description. Oh, not exactly. On our tool, you don't, you don't really put in the prompt. What you would put in is your title and then like some descriptions can be bullet points, can be just a paragraph, whatever you have for the manufacturer. And then you connect which language you want it to generate in. It can do any language and then, and then it will generate it for you in like an optimized Amazon fashion. So we've kind of, we've taken the prompting out of it basically because we know that everyone wants to generate in the same format, which is like a highly optimized Amazon list. So. Yeah, there's not there's no prompting on on that side. Hmm. Okay, I mean, is there any way to sort of differentiate your product from the competition? Or do you think that there's uh, best practice for that? Basically, you want to be an informative lifting, which is also 
giving that kind of emotional fail and all, and all these, having that kind of psychological element as well as being informative and having that balance. And that's what we've tried to build. So, so yeah, that, that, that would be my advice on this thing. I think like basic, there's definitely a format now which customers are kind of used to with kind of like bullet point and then like the catchy phrase bullet point and then like the longer bit and, and that. So I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't stray too far from the formula. I think the, like the place to capture the customer's imagination is more on the A plus content or like the most done images. Um, I think obviously things you can have good, like you can have good copy, you can have bad copy, but I think the, it's the visual elements, which are where that customer is kind of making that bit detection to, to, to buy or not. Interesting. Yeah. I have to say that that does make sense. And from experience that mostly is true i would the only thing i'd say is on the margins if you've got a product that's responsible for a lot of sales you might want to consider getting a human copywriter in just because i know for experience one of the companies that had a very expensive british-based uh, copywriter so not outsourced so somewhere on the other side of the world and they just changed the bullets and the conversion rate went up several percentage points which really surprised me actually so i would say there's possibly an argument for testing the two against each other obviously over time ai is going to get better and better isn't it so yeah I mean, that's exactly, I think AI is very much in the experimentation phase. There may be a good point to close on, like, we love, like, I love doing the experimentation. I'm an experiment and great for it. Testing is very easy to switch anything now, right? You can switch a chip image, switch a copy, everything. So I think it's all about that kind of split testing and, and improving. And like, by doing that over a deep, you know, a few weeks, a month, you're going to have, you're just going to set the business up for more success. Yeah, I suppose I'm trying to defend being my, my background is as a musician in the creative side against the sort of more analytical guys winning. But it, it does look like you're a historian, you've got a bit of a broader perspective. It looks like the analytical machine eventually wins because it is machine learning. And I think that's a critical phrase that you've, you've used. It gets better over time, which is kind of scary or great, depending on which side of it you're on, I guess. It's a bit of an arms race. And so... I guess we ought to close by just having the good old speculate about the future, which seems to be inevitable with AI. Where is this going? And specifically for you, for Amazon listings or even just for e-content? So I think, well, for Amazon, I, I would imagine we have like a chat GPT style set very quickly and like a Bing style kind of co-pilot. I think that's going to completely change PPC. I, I don't, obviously, I'm just speculating. I don't exactly know how it's going to look, but I think it's inevitable that this happens because if they don't do it, the Walmart or the eBay, someone will, I kind of take the big bet on the better customer experience and the net kind of browsing through loads of products and like getting the customer quicker to something which is personalized and, uh, and like directly linked to their search. So I think that's the big one, which is going to come. In terms of the content, like, yeah, we, we discussed, like, we, we have the keyword stuff, which we'll have on the roadmap soon. We're just very excited to kind of do more and more automation and kind of optimization. And like, we want to, the vision is to have like the one click listing. And at the moment, we're not there, but that's kind of where we're going towards. Wow. One click listing, like the one click shopping idea that Amazon patented famously so many years ago. Yeah. Kind of crazy. Wow. And yeah, as you say, PPC is going to change if the search results page is kind of not a search results page, but a, a sort of prompt result page, then how does PPC work? I'm sure there will be advertising because that's how Amazon makes its money. But 
I don't see them being in a hurry to change it or Google either because their business models got baked into it now, a load of paid listings on the search results page, right? So yes. where do, how quickly do you think Amazon or even oh, never mind Google because that's outside our remit, but how quickly do you think Amazon's going to start adopting this? My guess is Andrew Jaffe, he comes from AWS, he's got a very strong background in there. I think having been having been there some of his tenure, I think you could feel the difference in the company. I think it's very, very hard to go from someone who made all the big decisions and therefore like has that whole history in their head of like what the company done and then start to sprawling beach right yeah. here on like grocery and walkout technology and like own branded stuff and like it's got everything, right? Like AWS and so much echo and and or and all of them. So to kind of walk into that and try and understand all of it, I think is impossible for anyone. But I think this speculating is an enormous change that I think he's he's taken head on and like he can lead that next um that next step forward for Amazon. And I think he I think like given his background he's the right person to do that. So I think he will probably go like pull it fully in on that. Interesting. So that's gonna really change everything again. Wow. Okay. So more, more stuff to come. So one of the, the nice things about what you do is it's a very fluffy area, but you offer a very, very concrete, tactical, straightforward service. And uh, so tell us about ecom tent and what you do. Yeah. So we, uh, we just, you can create your entire product listing on ecom tent. It's subscription based, $165 a month. So pretty cheap, like a fifth of what you'd be paying for one photo shoot and you can, you can do everything. We also offer a full service model that of interest where our prompt engineers will build the list for you. It's not our long-term vision, but as we get to that final automation, we, we can do it in-house as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. but yes. <laughs> I don't think it's anyone's vision to be doing a lot of manual labor and hiring people and, and all the difficulties that come with it. But guess what? I can see why people would do that and outsource it to you because you clearly know what you're doing. And you've got that, that intimate knowledge of how to work with AI to get the best output. So I can see why. Yeah. I'm presuming that's like price and application by discussion, that kind of thing, is it? No, no, we have set price. We don't okay, fine. Yeah, we're all very transparent. I think mean, it's 295 and this thing. So cheaper right. than what you'd find elsewhere. Yeah, it's fairly, fairly good. Although it's, it's like on the low end of what you might get. I mean, if you get a manual, I guess, yeah, you're right. If it's going to include the images, you're absolutely right. That is cheaper than you're going to get elsewhere. And say, yeah. I would expect somewhere between. Two and four hundred dollars for a well-written listing, for manually written. So yeah, that if that includes the images, you got to say that's good value. Mm. Like, I guess that's one of the things that prompt people to use you. One thing you mentioned A plus content. It's a bit of a messy way of doing the interview, but I, I forgot to ask you about that. Tell me a bit about A plus content. How do you? So we we built the ability to generate infographics from one click. We're building right now that for A plus content. We have. The ability to do the most star image star, like did generate, like generate competitors to compare them, generate human. Like we found that putting like portraits of people, it sounds weird, but like if you see this stuff, it looks very natural. Like in the A plus content, somewhere just makes it look more visually engaging. So we've got, and we automate tech. So we've got all of that in the tool. So we, as I said, like we do it self service and service and like eventually it'll be one click. Okay, so basically, people can create uh, a yeah, yeah. content. Okay, exactly. Great, great. They can go in and do it manually. If, if they, I say manually, I mean it would take you fifteen minutes. But like, some people don't want to do that, and I understand. Yeah, if you got thousands of SKUs, then it wouldn't make sense. If you've got five SKUs, exactly. you're probably obsessively manually polishing exactly. each one. Have you all seen that? So, 
where do people go to get this good stuff? I'm at econtent.ai or or like where econtent.ai that e-commerce content ecomtent.ai. Okay, one M worth knowing. Good, Max. This is interesting. I I will be getting you back on because I want to see. This is one of those very fast developing spaces, <laughs> so it'd be great to see. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, where we're at in, in even six months' time, but for the yeah. moment, Max Sinclair from ecomtent.ai. Many many thanks for coming on the show. Thank you. So, Max, I know you've done a, a deal for listeners, which is great. So they go to ecomtent.ai and they put the code in amazing FBA 10. They get 10% off, right? Any other bonuses that you're throwing in there for yeah, listeners? That's exactly right. That's the bonus. Exactly right. You get amazing FBA 10 at checkout and you'll get, yeah, the 10% off. Yeah. Well, that's a real measurable concrete bonus right there. So you heard it here first, guys. As you can tell, really worth checking out. Very slick and incredibly time consuming system. So thanks again, Max. Do you want to grow your Amazon business bigger or faster? I bet you do. If so, a free audit of your Amazon business can help you see and avoid threats and find some golden missed opportunities. Generally, I charge at least $150 an hour these days for my time, but this is free. You can be a reseller or a brand owner. All I ask is that you're doing at least a few thousand dollars a month in sales. If you are, just go to myamazonaudits.com, scroll down, click on Amazon Audit and book in a time and we'll see each other on a Zoom call. That's M-Y-A-M-A-Z or Z-O-N-A-U-D-I-T dot com. Thank you very much for listening and I hope to see you on a call soon.